Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. It's the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about advertising, marketing, design, technology, pop culture, because everything in the end is probably an ad. Uh, I'm Tim Nutt. I'm the creative editor at Adweek. And today we have a special bonus episode for you guys all about Super Bowl ads. Those hugely expensive, often underwhelming, uh, occasionally genius commercials that people actually tune in to watch every year. Uh, along with their football, uh, instead of avoiding them like the plague, as they do most of the other 364 days of the year. Uh, And today, I'm very pleased to welcome a special guest, a guy who's certainly worked on his fair share of Super Bowl ads, and who's going to tell us all about what it's like to get in the trenches and actually produce one of these things and then see it air on the game. Uh, Jerry Graff, founder and chief creative officer at Barton F. Graff in New York. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on. Jerry, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I watched one of your Super Bowl ads with you during the game. I think this was 2003. I think Mackenzie Cutler, the editing house, had a Super Bowl party that year. And uh, I came by, and I think it was your, your desert island spot for FedEx oh, yeah. in that game. That's right. Remember that? I do. I do. Uh, Mackenzie so Cutler used to be the place to be. Maybe it still is. They have a big party. Yeah, I think they cut a lot of your FedEx spots back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, remind us of the plot of that spot, because I thought uh, that that commercial is a good one to start with, because it seems to have a lot of the elements of what goes into a good Super Bowl ad. Yeah, the plot of it was um, the movie Castaway uh, had just come out um, and was a big hit. And um, in our spot, we kind of got a stand-in for Tom Hanks, um, and in the movie, um, he he's a FedEx executive, and he goes down on a FedEx plane and gets washed up on an island by himself, and a bunch of FedEx boxes wash up on the island with him, and one of them is this special box with wings on it, and I guess Zemeckis wanted that to, to um, represent hope, so he never opened the, the box in the movie, and I think you know, he was on the island for like five years, and got off the island finally. Brought the box with him, never opened it, and at the end of the movie, he brings the FedEx box and he gives it to to its owner. He delivers it. So, mm-hmm. so that was big at the time. So you know, we were writing spots, and we thought, well, you know, wouldn't it have been funny if in that box while he was on the island was everything he needed to survive on the island. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, remember so it, so in the in the Super Bowl spot the you know 
the castaway gets off the island. He delivers the box. He asks the woman what's in it, and she says, oh, nothing, just a satellite telephone, water purifier. <laughs> I think there was a life raft in there. Um, <laughs> right. Seeds. All in this, seeds, uh, all in this small <laughs> all in this box. box. And she goes, oh, just, just silly stuff. Yeah, let's listen to a clip from this because it's uh, the way that she says it is so sort of offhand. Hey, well, by the way, what's in the package? Huh, nothing really. Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. Thank you again. You keep up the good work. Yeah, that was a good one. Do you do you feel like I mean that one had uh, kind of you know everyone could relate to it, right? So many people had seen the movie, and so it was this joke that was kind of waiting to be told. Do you feel that way about that ad? Yeah, it has. It, you know, it always has to work both ways. It has to be you know enjoyable and entertaining if you haven't seen it. But that was like the number one movie at the time. And I also heard after that that uh, Tom Hanks uh, really didn't like it because uh, is that right? Yeah, which made me feel very good. Because <laughs> it made fun of his character. Yeah, made fun, of, made made fun of like the this wonderful uh, symbol of hope that took him through the island and stuff like that. Oh man, yeah. no sense of humor. Yeah, bummer. Uh, how many Super Bowl ads have you got, have you ever sat down and tallied how many you've you've worked on over the years? Um, no, um, I, I, it's it's around ten, I okay. think ten or twelve. Or I never really counted. Uh, was was Desert Island one of the first? Um, Probably my probably my third, or okay. third or third or fourth maybe. Do you remember the first one you did? It must have been kind of nerve wracking. The first one I did uh, was for um, Snickers, um, a way back when uh, in like the late nineties, um, and it's not not one of my my favorites. There a lo- there were a lot of. Uh, a lot of cooks involved. You know, I was just a copywriter back then, and my creative director was throwing in input, and my ECD was throwing in input, and the president of the company was, and then the um, the whole gang over at Mars. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. It, it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't wasn't anything great. Remind me what that one was. What the um, we had done a really good Snickers spot. Um, in a campaign called "Not Going Anywhere for a While," um, where a guy is uh, is painting the end zone for a Kansas City game, and he misspells the name Chefs, and he writes "I'm Chiefs," and he writes "Chefs." Um, right. And then they wanted a they wanted a follow up to that, so we got the same uh, landscaper guy. This time he was working at a hockey rink, filling um, filling the arena with water, so the ice freezes and stuff, and he got distracted. And the ice froze, and he wasn't going anywhere for a while. Right. But okay. He was like, "Yeah, <laughs> live and learn." Was it? It must have been kind of fun to watch that uh, air, though. It's a whole different, uh, different thing, right? Yeah, it was exciting. You know, to 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 be on, you know, the Super Bowl uh, first time. You wanted yeah. wanted to win it, didn't win it, but yeah, yeah. Talk about the. Uh, tell us about the pressure that it, that that's put on creatives who have to work on these spots. Is it? Is it energizing pressure? Can it be kind of paralyzing? What's that like? I guess it could be paralyzing. Um, it, it's kind of strange, though, because you're working on Super Bowl stuff, and you're showing your bosses, and you're showing your client, and they're like, oh, this one this one has to be great. This one has to be great. 
Um, and that's strange because that implies that the rest of the year, your your other stuff doesn't have to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, you know, personally, after you know my my first experience, uh, I didn't I don't really consider uh, you know anything special about the Super Bowl. You know, um, I just try to write a, a you know the best the best spot I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the best way to go at it. Just write something fantastic. The only the only difference is is um, the the ones that I've done that have been my favorite um, uh, are written specifically for that day, usually, um, mm-hmm. and uh, comments on the Super Bowl, uh, if if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, e Trade Monkey must be one of those. Yeah, yeah. That w- I mean. It- we sit down with people all the time and ask them about their favorite Super Bowl commercials. And aside from uh, 1984, I think E-Trade Monkey is the one that comes up the most often. Um, I'm sure you've told this story before, but but it's uh, it's with the monkey dancing in the garage. Can you, can you describe the spot for us? Sure. Um, it was kind of in E-Trade's early days. Um, and... You know, when we were, my partner and I were concepting on it, you know, back then I think Super Bowl time cost $2 million. And mm-hmm. that was a big news story. So you have a, um, you know, you, you have the the day your spot will be airing, everyone's talking about money, $2 million. We had mm-hmm. a financial client, E-Trade. So we thought we should do something with that. They kind of, you know, uh, were tied in with each other. Um, and then we just thought, well, um, you know, what if we took the $2 million and invested it instead of putting it on the Super Bowl? Um, but that was an interesting thought. Um, mm-hmm. And then we um, then we um, just got down to the idea of, um, well, if they're not going, going to invest it, then if they spent it on the Super Bowl, they were kind of wasting $2 million, um, mm-hmm. which got us thinking, how would you waste two, how would you waste $2 million? On the Super Bowl, and um, we were just kicking around the idea. We, w- we were actually, at, you know, my partner and I, Dave Gray, were at Goodby Silverstein at the time. Um, we couldn't think of anything, thing, so we skipped work and we went golfing. Um, and on our ride back uh, from golf, I, you know, I, I remember, you know, saying, "What if um, I don't know? What if what if a, we we have a monkey and a monkey's just dancing with an E Trade T-shirt?" And my partner Dave Gray said, "Yeah, that's a good waste of time." Um, <laughs> how, how, and then we were talking about how does it end, and he said, "Oh, well, we just say, you know, you know, we just wasted two million dollars. What are you doing with your money?" Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a really, you know, high entertainment value, uh, a kind of what the heck is going on here, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you have people leaning in in the Super Bowl, and at the very end, you really bring it back to a. Uh, a point you want to make about the brand, asking people, you know, what they're doing with their money. Mm-hmm. So this is pre E Trade Baby. This must have been around 2000 or so. Yeah, 2000. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. 2000 to okay. 2001. Before the before the baby. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Did the client kind of get it immediately when you pitched it? Nope. No, nope. client didn't want to do it. Um, okay. We uh, actually sold something else uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, um, but I remember being there down at E-Trade with Rich Silverstein um, and Rich saying, you know, this, this is the one, this, this is great. And the client didn't like the idea of, a, you know, a, a company wasting money and stuff. Sure. So yeah. R- Rich actually said, we will shoot it for you and we will show it. Um, so the agency 
um, paid for the production of it. We, we made it, showed it to them, um, and then they agreed. They go, oh, no, this, this is fantastic. So um, a lot of credit to, to Rich and Goodby Silverstein for like supporting you know, a great idea. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where you were when that one aired and the reaction that it got? I was, um, I think I was just home with my wife and my uh, my my oldest girl uh, had just been born. So we were kind of taking it easy. Laying low, um, right? Yeah, but it was interesting because um, the E-Trade client, um, Christos Kostakis, he was the CEO of E-Trade, he told us he either wanted the number one spot on one of the polls or the last spot on one of the polls, which I thought was awesome. He, you know, I've, that's been, he, he goes, I just want people talking about E-Trade. That was his goal. Right. Um, and, I, and I said, well, what if we get number one? And, and he said, well, what do you want? And I, and I said, I've never been to Hawaii. And he's like, I'll send you to Hawaii, you and your partner, if you get, if you get me number one or I guess maybe the last one. So um, I remember, you know, just hanging low watching it, and it, it was all right. And next morning I woke up and I got uh, USA um, Today, you know, the, the ad listing. Yeah, I think we were thir- right. th- yeah, I think we were 13 or 14 okay. on that on that list. I'm like, oh, well, good try, you know. Yeah. And then my brother called me up, um, and he was back in Boston, and Good Morning America I think also has their poll, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's like, he's like someone on Good Morning America just said you know you had the best Super Bowl ad uh, out of everyone, and I you know I you know tuned in and watched the show and we did we got number one um, on Good Morning America and we just waited and to see what would happen and two days later, my partner and I got this whole bundle full of travel brochures to to Hawaii. <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> yeah, back in the back in the first dot com boom, you know. So, yeah, right. So they so they so they came through. It was nice. It's funny too because like the day of the year it ran on on the USA Today ad tracker, we were number thirteen, mm-hmm. um, and then later on they they did a, a poll of the best of all time, and we were we were number five <laughs> best of all time. <laughs> wow, you just need a bigger field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. So what do you think the ingredients are for making a great Super Bowl ad? I mean, is there a formula or is it sort of best to avoid formulas? What do you think? You always have to be simple. Um, You know, the the best Super Bowl ads, the really only use for Super Bowl ads, in my opinion, is just for awareness. You know, you're you're not going to get, you know, deep into product claims or or anything like like that. Um, People aren't sitting, people want to be entertained. Um, so that's you know that's that's formula number one, and then it, it you know it's 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 different. You know when the Super Bowl started, kind of when it got famous for ads, right? You know everyone talks about 1984. Mm-hmm. So the formula was do something big. You know they got Ridley Scott, you know, to, <laughs> just shot Blade Runner to do yeah, that. Right. So for a while it was big. It has to be yeah. big. Um, I remember in my early days pitching a uh, a Super Bowl spot, and my boss saying it's not big enough. So I so I changed the spokesperson to John Candy, uh-huh. and I'm like, is it, <laughs> is it big now? <laughs> you know, and then you know, you know, someone tries something different and it works, and then humor came in, right? And um, that that had a, yeah. a a good long ride, you know, um, when when people are you know actually funny, it's very entertaining. The the painful stuff is when. You're watching a train wreck, and there's some brand trying to be funny, and it's not at all. It's like, oh, that was harsh, you know. 
And then, you know, after after the, the run of Do Funny, um, you start getting into the more thoughtful, more heartfelt stuff. You know, recently, I think, uh, I think, I think, like a like a girl premiered on the Super Bowl, maybe. Sure. You know, yeah. and then you know, it's great when someone you know sees the trend that's going on, go and then does something different. So that was nice. Um, um, the, the stuff I like the most are when when people kind of dance around the Super Bowl. You know, there was um, Newcastle. Um, you know, if if we were on the Super Bowl campaign a couple of yeah, years yeah. ago, um, where they actually didn't they didn't pay the money to get on the Super Bowl, but they really had this fantastic kind of PR thing, so they were talked about, and it was fantastic. And uh, Volvo, um, you know, I think they call it like the, the the Super Bowl interception or something like that, where they had a whole Twitter campaign where you could win a, a Volvo car um, if you tweeted while other car commercials were on. That was, that, that was yeah, a yeah. great kind of kind of steal. So there, you have a lot of that going on now. Um, yeah, I think Skittles is trying that this year. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, no. That th- news. Yeah, I saw that they're doing a, a, an ad for uh, for one person, um, yeah. which is you know that that's another kind of trend that's happening. Play the PR. You know, back back in the you know you just follow the history. Is back in the day is like, you know, you had to wait for the Super Bowl, you know, for the big commercial, and then a couple of years go by, and the news stations who are always looking for something to talk about, they made the week before. Uh, the Super Bowl, like the, the big thing, so people, you know, smart agencies were really playing on PR uh, the week before, mm-hmm. uh, taking advantage of that, and that's that's kind of still still the case. You, you you're actually writing for the PR, and the the actual spot that you're running on the Super Bowl is mm-hmm. is, is actually secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like uh, I suppose Volkswagen started that trend, right, of releasing it early. How do you feel about that strategy? Is it kind of take away a little bit of uh, the enjoyment of the game if if the ads are all out there before the game even starts? Everyone everyone seems to be doing it, and I and I really don't understand why they why they do that. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have you know always been a fan, like I said, of maybe teasing it beforehand. But I don't, it's like on the Tuesday, you know, on the various news talk shows, it seems like every everything comes out. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know why they do that. Yeah, it kind of takes away from the the moment uh, during the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what other fun Super Bowl ads have you made that have been among your favorites? We talked about E Trade Monkey. Do you have a, Do you have a mm-hmm. few other favorites you can talk about? I do. I think I think my my number one favorite was what we did for Miller High Life when I was at Saatchi and Saatchi. We did a we did a one second. Um, Super Bowl ad. Um, we uh, it was in uh, 07 or 08, right in the middle, probably 08, um, right in the middle of the uh, of the recession, the past recession. So Miller High Life, the strategy was uh, blue collar values, um, and we re- released a video the week before saying that the the super, you know, super cost three million dollars to be on the Super Bowl, and and who has three million dollars, you know, at the at the bottom right. of the recession? I think we you know, we said that was crazy, uh, and then in our in our pre-launch kind of video, uh, we said High Life only needs uh, one second um, to get our message through, and that'll only cost us a hundred grand. Um, mm-hmm. So we, you know, and then Thursday night before the Super Bowl, uh, we premiered. The one second 
um, ad on uh, the Tonight Show. I remember uh, mm-hmm. Jay Leno was talking with uh, Josh Brolin, and our, our High Life spokesman came on in this, this big presentation for literally one second to air, um, which is, <laughs> right. was just him yelling High Life. <laughs> yeah, right. and then it, it, it was actually uh, kind of a trick to buy one second. Um, we we couldn't be on the national buy because Budweiser owned that. Um, yep. But Sachi um, and Miller's um, media people found a way to buy make a local buy where we would actually be seen on 70% of screens across America. And then we had to buy five seconds. You couldn't buy one second and fade fade up two seconds, have our one second ad air and then fade out. Uh, it was, it was that, that's probably the favorite thing that we did. That's funny how that kind of has parallels with E-Trade, kind of focusing on the expense of the game and kind of get, getting a little bit more into the yeah. meta side of, of what it's like to be an advertiser on the game instead of just doing an ad. What other ones did you work on that, that, uh, that were cool? I'm trying to think. Um, let's see. Uh, well, you know, one of my favorite things we did uh, at Barton was uh, the Liam Neeson uh, Super Bowl ad for uh, Clash of Clans. Oh, sure, yeah. Which was up there. That one was up there on the ad meter. I yeah, think. that w- that was up there. In, in fact, um, I think that was 2015. It, it ended up being the second most viewed video on YouTube. And not, not the second most viewed ad, the second most viewed video. Um, uh, for whatever reason, it really it really caught fire, it had like over a hundred million views or something like that. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's actually listen to a bit of that one because that one was pretty memorable. He had a great little performance in that. I don't know you, big buffet boy, eighty-five, but if you think you can humiliate me and take my gold, think again. Oh, I am coming for you with lots of barbarians and dragons. I can't wait to destroy your village. While you beg for mercy, but you will get no mercy. I will have my revenge. Liam? I was going for Liam? Uh, over here. It's, uh, Liam. You will regret the day you crossed Angry Neeson 52. Yeah, uh, how did that one come about? How did Liam get involved? Well, um, you know, there's di- different reasons for, for going on the Super Bowl. Sometimes you just have a, a big corporation or a CEO who wants to just, you know, for bragging rights, I guess, be on the Super Bowl. And sometimes you have uh, a small kind of startup company that wants to put all its money, you know, on red and see if they win. So they just all their media money goes on for one day. Um, and the the strategy, the reason uh, Supercell wanted to do that was they were really Clash of Clans was you know was and still is one of the top you know uh, mobile games in the world. They had over 50 million people playing every day, and it was actually the, a thank you to the fans. So that's what they wanted us to do. So there's a lot of inside stuff uh, written into the Liam Neeson. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's tons of Easter eggs. We have one of their top uh, game Clash of Clans influencers in the spot, actually. Uh, so it was just uh, kind of like a thank you note to the fans. Uh, and then, you know, another important part of doing a, any ad, but a Super Bowl ad, is um, the ones that just put a joke down. 
and then stick their their brand at the end. I don't think worked very well. You remember the joke, you don't remember the brand. So we you know we wanted the entertainment to come right out of one of the features uh, of the game. So if you play Clash of Clans and you lose um, a, a clan war, there is a revenge button that comes up. If, if you want to go after that, or if, if your village was attacked, you can go revenge and go attack that player's village. Um, and from that, you know, at the time, you know, Liam Neeson was famous for, uh, uh, I don't know what the name of the movie was. It might have been called Revenge when his daughter gets abducted and he gets on the phone and he says, I'm coming back at you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's why we decided to, to grab him. And it was really, right. it, it was really funny in his very serious tone um, uh, to be just talking about, you know, dragons uh, and uh, barbarians mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I suppose celebrities are, are a quick way to get people to to watch, right? To to kind of lean into the to what's happening. Yeah, um, and again, just like writing a joke and sticking a brand on it, um, some some people just try to just get a celebrity um, just because they're famous and you know stick their their logo at the end of whatever that spot was um what we you know we we had the concept first that you know somebody gets destroyed in clash and they want revenge uh which naturally led to to liam neeson um who was awesome by the way he he, he drove himself to to set in brooklyn uh yeah just showed up i'm here you know and he did like two takes and it was fantastic we're like thank uh, you he's like sure see you <laughs> nice that's great um Super Bowl ads obviously get a huge amount of scrutiny, and I know oh, yeah. uh, a spot that you did uh, for GoDaddy a couple of years back, you had you had some trouble with, uh, ended up getting pulled even before it ran on the Super Bowl. Could you, could you tell us that story and what that was like to go through? Yeah, um, you know, GoDaddy uh, had been on the Super Bowl uh, uh, a number of times, um, and uh, we were working with them. They wanted to... Uh, you know, promote the fact that uh, they weren't just um, website website addresses anymore; that they can actually build a website. So I think we showed about ten ideas, and the one we we chose um, was actually deliberately going after the Budweiser puppy on commercials. Uh, and the year before, um, there had been a you know, you know. There's celebrities which do well in the Super Bowl, but puppies do really well. Um, and we, you know, Budweiser the year before um, had you know, done a cute puppy commercial, and we knew that they were going to do another one because Budweiser does that. One thing hits, and they they beat they you know they keep using it. So, um, and we were you know we were actually trying to figure out where in the Super Bowl because you can buy pods. When you're buying media on the Super Bowl, you could say, I want to get the first quarter, first commercial break, last spot in that commercial break. You can, you can be that specific. So we were kind of guessing. We went back and looked where Budweiser usually appeared, and we actually had the spot where we knew a Budweiser spot was going to be. So we were hoping it was going to be their puppy commercial and then our puppy commercial. Um, but in our puppy commercial, uh, it, you know, puppy is you know with you know other other puppies in the back of a truck and it's driving and for whatever reason it hit, the truck hits a bump and the puppy falls out and it's this you know scary cute treacherous journey of this little cute golden retriever puppy trying to make his way home to the barn where he grew up in and he 
you know, there's rain and thunder and wolves and, and you know, rapids he has to cross. And he finally gets back, and um, the owner of the farm says, oh, buddy, I'm so glad you made it back because I just sold you um, on a website uh, uh, that I created with GoDaddy. And she puts him in a truck and ships him off to uh, his new owner. And that's uh, where the the firestorm started. I think if it had just run in the Super Bowl right after the Budweiser puppy ad, uh, it would have been seen just as a direct parody. But they they pre-released it on Tuesday on the Today Show, and people thought we were promoting puppy mills. Um, and uh, one thing you don't want to do is anger pet lovers. Uh, so there was a lot of... Uh, um, you know, uproar about it. And um, I think Wednesday, um, GoDaddy said, uh, we, we heard you, and, you know, which is the responsible thing to do, and we're not going to run that commercial. Mm-hmm. Did you see any of that criticism coming, or was it a surprise when it, when it did come? Um, I did not see that criticism coming. So then you guys are left scrambling to get a replacement on the air. Well, what GoDaddy asked us to do was just run an old commercial because they had already bought the, the the time, and we were like, "No, um, let's see if we can, you know, turn this into a into a good story." So, um, you know, we were now the new PR story before the Super Bowl. Um, GoDaddy pulled their puppy spot. Um, what are they going to air? So we decided to take a different tact. Um, We didn't have to get people's attention anymore because people were waiting to see what GoDaddy did. So in um, 36 hours, what we ended up doing is uh, crafting uh, a very non-GoDaddy-like commercial. There was no, you know, incredible, like, humor or... Um, you know, they're very loud and brash, and there's, you know, there's, there's models involved sometimes. You know, GoDaddy, you know, always does a good job of getting attention. But like I said, they didn't need to get attention now. People were waiting to see what GoDaddy did. So uh, we just did a very simple spot of uh, someone who owned a small business um, working um, and who was not, uh, didn't have the chance to watch the Super Bowl um, because they were uh, working on their small business, and GoDaddy had helped them with w- websites and stuff like that. Um, and um, it actually, um, at the end of the day, they, you know, and you guys uh, and, and some other people, you know, do a lot of polls on, you know, one. I think when when the people were asked um, which brand had the most change in perception. Um, from what you thought before you saw the Super Bowl ad, um, our GoDaddy spot actually had the most positive change in perception. You know, it was yeah, and 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 traffic uh, 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 was up uh, hugely uh, to to the GoDaddy mm-hmm. website, uh, which is why you do it in the first place. So no no PR is bad PR. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I think if everyone's talking about you um maybe I don't know cuz cuz it 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 worked it yeah, worked out. Yeah. It worked out. Do you have any favorite Super Bowl ads that you didn't work on that you could tell us about? You know, I have some uh like traditional spots that I that I kind of like but my my favorite favorite stuff is when people you know write for that day for that Super Bowl or craft uh, craft PR. So, you know, I, I would have to say in the past 
10 years, my, my favorite, and it's not a Super Bowl commercial, it was done around the Super Bowl, was for um, Newcastle um, Ale. Um, if, uh, if, we, uh, if we were on the Super Bowl. Um, I thought that, I just thought that was fantastic. It, uh, it totally hijacked everybody. Uh, they didn't spend nearly as, as much money uh, as everyone else did, and, but they got just as much PR and just as many people went online and viewed all the different kind of versions that they, they would have run if they hadn't. I just, uh, that is one of my, one of my all-time favorites uh, yeah this was the uh the Droga five campaign yeah yeah the uh the anna kendrick spot as part of that was was amusing yeah yeah it's not something not something they would have been able to run on the super bowl anyway <laughs> right 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 um <laughs> yeah that's 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 probably my fave you know yeah. scott bell uh, over at droga i uh, was one of the creatives on that loved it yeah um, do you think humor is coming back into Super Bowl ads? I know we've, we've gone through a number of years of kind of earnestness. Um, you mentioned uh, the Like a Girl. You know, we had a lot of sort of immigration political themes last year. Do you think the tide is turning where people might want just to have an escape again during the, during the game? I think it might be turning. I don't know if you remember the Saturday Night Live, uh, the Saturday after the Super Bowl last year with Alec Baldwin, where they really just lampooned, you know, Remember hard cut Cheetos? Yeah, the Cheetos thing. Yeah, which was which was just fantastic, you know, you know, image yeah. of an immigrant, you know, coming through Mexico with her mother and trying to get over the wall. Hard cut Cheetos, uh, <laughs> and they just totally made fun of it. So uh, I, I, that might be one sign that uh, I don't know if it's humor, but you know, I, I, you know, people are drinking beer and they're watching football and they want to have a good time. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it, 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 it might be. I actually called Margaret Johnson, who's the, um, the CCO at, at Goodby Silverstein, and, and they have the Cheetos account after I saw the SNL skit. And I said, mm -hmm. I said, you should just get all Goodby's old PSAs, you know, about, you know, the war on drugs and homelessness and all the things you did, and just run like 20 seconds of that and just go, hard cut Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> just start really. She didn't do it, though, but... I thought she didn't go no, for I it. Thought Surpri she surprising. She could have. Ah, she could have taken advantage of a cultural moment, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, five million bucks now for thirty seconds. I know. Come on, <laughs> no. Can't, it can't possibly be worth it, can no. it? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, 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 you know, give me five million in media. Um, I can do a lot more with that besides yeah. one one thing. It must be a bit of a vanity project for for CMOs. Many times it is. Many times yeah. it is. Yeah. So, do you have a you, do you have a spot on this year's game? No, or no, not this year. No. no. Okay. So you can speak freely. I can. Yeah. We'll have to circle back with you and and see what uh, which ads you enjoyed this year. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, Jerry. It's great to have you, um, Jerry Graff, founder and chief creative officer at Barton F. Graff, and noted uh, Super Bowl ad creator. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Tim. Email your questions or comments to podcast at adweek.com. We check that regularly and would love to hear your thoughts. Our theme music is by Home. This episode was produced by Christina Monlos and edited by Josh Rios. Thanks, Christina. Thanks, Josh. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. 
Uh, those reviews mean a lot to us and help the podcast find new listeners. Uh, for all things Super Bowl, uh, Google Adweek Super Bowl Ad Tracker, where we have all the latest Super Bowl news and creative. And during Super Bowl 52 on Sunday, February 4th, uh, follow Adweek on Twitter for real-time reviews of every commercial as it happens, along with lots more Super Bowl content from Adweek's Super Bowl War Room. That's it for this bonus episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.